0: Ash Gardner, with 8 for 66, wrapping things up. Yes, and joining us down the line to talk all about it from ABC Sport is Brittany Carter. Brittany, good afternoon. Hello, how are you going? Very, very well, Brittany. How about you? What a performance it was by the Aussies and uh, particularly by Ash Gardner.
1: Yeah, I was happy to get into bed a little bit earlier last night, given that the Aussies wrapped it up in that session on day five. They did us all a favour, so... Mm -hmm. Uh, Here in Sydney, it was all done by 9.30, which meant we could get an early sleep. And that 89-run win is just fantastic news for the Aussies. And their first test match win in uh, women's cricket since 2015. So it's a pretty big deal, eight years in between those wins.
0: And Ash Gardner, I mean, those figures are just incredible. 12 wickets in total, eight for 66 in the the final innings. It did award her the player of the match. Just tell us about her performance.
1: Ah, oh, she was brilliant. In the first inning she took four uh, wickets and then uh, it, it was funny, you know, because Spin was really king on this wicket at Trent Bridge and Sophie Eccleston, the left arm spinner for England, also took ten. And it's not in many games I think that you would take ten for and end up on the losing side or without the player of the match on it. But yeah, watching these second innings unfold for the um, England batting lineup and and Australia in terms of bowling, um, Ash just kept knocking them over. And so she equaled Ecclestone. And then next thing you know, she was in front of her. And so best figures ever in a match by an Australian woman, best figures in an innings, that eight fight in the second uh, England batting innings. And yeah, Ash Gardner is just someone that has had such an incredible year. If you think about you know, she won another T20 World Cup title with Australia um, earlier in 2023. She was also the highest paid Australian player at the uh, Women's Premier League in India, that um, brand new inaugural auction for that first year of that league. And now she's gone and done this. And I think just you can see the investment and in time she's put into the bowling side of things because she's always been an all-rounder, but she... First broke onto the scene way back in 2015, if you can believe that, eight to nine years ago, as a crash and bash sort of batter. Uh, we remember her in those early women's big bash days for hitting a, a six onto the roof of North Sydney Oval and also getting to the second ever century in the women's big bash. But now she's come so far with the ball and it just see, you, you can just see that she's injecting herself into the contest with that now.
0: What did you think of the standard of of cricket that we saw across the five days? I I thought it was uh, a pretty high standard.
1: Oh, it was thrilling, wasn't it? And just because Australia won, which is probably the way we thought the result would go, you know, knowing that they are number one in the world, they have been really hard to beat in all formats. And um, yeah, just coming in, they were the favourite. But that doesn't mean that at any point in this match, it was all certain to go their way. and. Even um, on day four, you know, the Aussies had a bit of a collapse with the bat. And if it wasn't for Elisa Healy coming in at eighth as captain, um, scoring 50 there, we would have been a a few runs short, I think, and the pressure would have been back on us. So the fact that we had uh, players for Australia... at any point in the order, standing up. I mean, if you think about that first innings, too, for the Aussies, Annabelle Sutherland scoring a century at eight. So it seems like eight is the spot to be at the moment. That's where you can make all your runs. But uh, on the opposite team, you know, Tammy Beaumont making 200, the very first double century in a test match for an English woman. I've mentioned Sophie Ecclestone's 10 for, Ash Gardner's 12 for. Like, to, to see that both sides start and... Um, it still went to the Aussies, I think just shows that at any given moment you had players standing up and providing highlights for us to watch. And haven't even mentioned Elise Perry, who made it to 99 <laughs> and then unfortunately didn't get to the century. Um, or Lauren Filer, who in her test debut, got, um, got Elise Perry's wicket twice throughout the match, which was always exciting to watch her because as soon as she had the ball in hand, you thought something's going to happen here. So I just think that it's uh, the best case that I can think of um, to give the women five-day tests regularly because heading into um, the fifth day, like, sure, we only needed five wickets, but just that little bit of extra time, knowing that there was some rain about on the the early couple of days just helped a result, um, you know, come to fruition. So just back the women in, I think, and they'll give you an entertaining contest, and that's exactly what they've done here.
0: Do you think we're ready to see a, a two or three test series moving forward?
1: I mean, I would personally love to see it. And I know that England are obviously up for it. Um, It it was actually the ECB that made the call on the five-day test, increasing it by a day. So I can't see why England wouldn't go for that. It's just that they've got this multi-format series that's been going since 2015 now. So actually, sorry, it's earlier than that, 2013. So they're pretty invested in that multi-format series. I would like to see more tests played always, but I don't know if they would go for it just yet.
0: Okay. Uh, we should also mention Elisa Healy doing it with a couple of broken fingers.
1: Oh yeah, I haven't even mentioned that, have I? And Ash Gardner had a broken finger too. Yeah. So, um, you know, Elisa Healy performed so well in her first Test match as captain, standing into the big shoes she had to feel of Meg, uh, shoes she had to feel of Meg Lanning, who set out this this Ashes series. Look, Elisa Healy, when you were watching her behind the stump, you would never have known I think that she had two broken fingers she was so chirpy she was up and about she was so encouraging as well you could really hear her encouraging the bowlers and just making sure that they didn't ever uh, drop their heads and they were always in the contest so I think she did a wonderful job not only on leading the team but then performing individually you know she went for one when she was um dismissed LBW in that first innings. And I think many people thought, oh, no, have we made the right move here, dropping her from opener down to six, I think she came in. But in that second innings, as I already mentioned, the 50 that she brought to the order uh, really just stabilised things. So a captain's knock uh, just showed how experienced she is and the type of game-changing player that she can be.
0: Just a couple of quick ones, Brittany, before I do let you go. Uh, Do you think the men will be able to continue the form of the women and the form of, of themselves, really, in that first test uh, when we do head to uh, to Lords tomorrow night? I
1: mean, that game was enthralling in its own right. And I think it was really clever by the ECB to schedule the first men's test and then squeeze this one-off women's test in between those two men's matches because anyone that loved that first test at Ed- Baston was then dying for more test cricket, and they found it within the women's game. And now that test match has absolutely delivered on the entertainment front too, and I think that excitement is now going to roll into lords. So Mm. very, very clever scheduling, I would say, and I hope the Aussie men can get it done.
0: They've done it well, and generally we get you on... This show, to chat about netball. Of course, the West Coast Fever advancing to the prelim finals over the weekend with a great win over the Vixens. They'll face uh, New South Wales, the Swifts, after they went down to the Adelaide Thunderbirds in extra time. So what did you make of the, the weekend semifinals? And do you think the Fever will advance to another grand final? Yeah,
1: it's hard to say. I mean, in their matches against the Swifts throughout the regular season... Uh, they won the first game and the Swiss won the second one, so it really could go either way. And I'm sitting on the fence a little bit here, but I think the only thing that makes me think Fever will get it done is that watching them on the weekend, they were back to their absolute best and they just had all the momentum their way. Went to nut- So I think they.
0: Yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but they went to another level, didn't they?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and, and you know, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about how they had dipped in form and we weren't sure why they were tired and lethargic and a bit flat on court. And they just, yeah, got back to their absolute best in this game. So whatever Dan Ryan did throughout last week, he needs to repeat this week for the fever because um, we even saw Janil Fowler getting a little bit aggressive and physical out there and she's not one to let other players usually get um, under her skin so if Janelle Fowler's arcing up I think you can say that the Fever are in a pretty good position uh, mentally and I think that's going to be really hard for the Swiss to combat in this preliminary final.
0: Brittany it's been a pleasure uh, chatting on the program this afternoon thank you very much for taking the time and enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thank you. Have a great day.
0: You too. There she goes. Brittany Carter from ABC Sport. A big thanks to her for jumping on the program this afternoon.